The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. Welcome to the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. The benefit of attending college can be a valuable one. It can be a good time for a person to learn about themselves and their interests. However, the cost of a college education can be high and leave a mountain of debt for years following graduation. Saving for attending college should be part of any financial plan if there is an intention to go to school in the future. This is particularly the case for people that have children. 529 college savings plans make saving for an education attainable. Stick around today and I'm gonna explain what they are and also the benefits of 529 college savings plans. Before I get started with today's podcast episode, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. You can also visit smartstartmoney.com for more information and helpful articles on money and life. Today's podcast, I wanted to cover something that seems to come up quite a bit, and it's it's the cost of college education. It can be very challenging to to pay to attain higher education today. And there are some different things available that make saving for education more attainable, things like prepaid tuition plans. But but one of these that I want to talk about today is a five, it's called a 529 college savings plan. And what is a, what a 529 college savings plan is, is it was created by Congress in 1996 and they're named after the the 529 section of the Internal Revenue Code, and they're often sometimes even referred to as qualified tuition programs. The plans were created in order to help people save for school by allowing savings to grow and earnings to be withdrawn tax-free when used for qualified education expenses. Normally, when investing earnings are, you know, the earnings are, they're subject to taxes when withdrawn. And this is not the case for money used from a 529 college savings plan. Because money can be invested and used tax-free for qualified educational expenses, it can be an excellent way to save money for college. 529 college savings plans are provided within the states here in, in America, but you are not required to use one from the state you reside in. Most states allow residents from other states to participate in their 529 plans. Plans can be used not only for qualified college expenses, but also tuition at even elementary or secondary schools. Up to $10,000 could be possibly allowed for some K through 12 costs. So they're not really just for college. 529 plans aren't really just for college. They can also be used for other educational expenses sometimes. Saving for college, it, it can be, like I said, very challenging, especially with the costs these days. And there are quite a few advantages to using a 529 college savings plan. Now, there may be state tax benefits if you invest in your own state's 529 plan. If, for example, a state offers a $10,000 tax deduction for investing in their state plan, you may be able to deduct that amount from your state taxes if, if that 10000 is invested in a year. 
this could be something that's available to you and you and you if you are interested you should see a tax professional to see if this is something that might be available to you anyone can set up a 529 plan and there is no limit to the number of plans that can be established so you could start a plan for yourself as the beneficiary and a plan a 529 plan could also be set up for a friend or relative There's also no income restrictions as a contributor to a 529 plan. 529 college savings plans can be transferred to other family members as well. If you don't have any children today, but plan on having a few maybe in a couple years, it's quite possible you could open a 529 plan and then transfer it to one of the children at some point. And this has a real advantage of planning for higher education early. In addition, there is no date or deadline the money in a plan needs to be used. So if a beneficiary that a 529 plan is set up for does not attend college, the plan could just be moved to another family member as the beneficiary. Control of a 529 savings plan is by who purchases the plan. The person who purchases a 529 college savings plan, they are the custodian of the plan and have control until the money is taken out. This is good for parents that want to ensure the money they save for their children's education is used for its intended purpose, which is education. There are no annual limits on contributions to a 529 college savings plan. However, there are maximum overall limits on the amount that can be put into them. And this will depend on the the state and their plan. Just to use an example here, a plan might have an overall contribution limit of $200,000. This would be the maximum amount allowed to be contributed to the 529 plan. A person could contribute either $0 or up to $200,000 in contribution in one year, as long as the maximum contributions do not go over the, the lifetime limit of the plan. Now, if you are listening to this podcast and you were curious about 529 college savings plans, you might also have heard of disadvantages to 529 college savings plans. And Just like anything, there are pros and cons. Now, what are some disadvantages to the 529 college savings plans? And one of them is if money is withdrawn from a plan and it's not used for qualified education expenses, their earnings will be taxed at a 10% penalty and the penalty plus the taxes are going to apply. Basically a way to save for for college and have that money grow and not have to pay taxes on it. They're they're going if you do not use that money when it's taken out for qualified education expenses, they're they're going to to penalize the person. So it's similar to, you know, if you have a traditional retirement account like an IRA, 401k, if you take that money out early and use it, you get taxed and also penalized. Obviously the IRS wants their money and if you use it for another purpose, they're going to want to to get their fair share. Now, just like any investment, 
529 college savings plans, they they could lose money. So that's obviously a disadvantage. However, the investments in 529 college savings plans, they're, they're typically conservative investments that are designed for long-term investing. Just like a lot of retirement plans, there are you know, a lot of mutual funds inside these plans that you can choose from. And most of them are pretty conservative. Another disadvantage is with those investments in a 529 college savings plan, they may be limited on the number of different choices for the investments you want to use. And this again is similar to a lot of 401k type plans that only have certain investments, but typically you can find some decent choices with inside of these. Fees could also be high depending on the provider of the 529 plan and if it is a broker sold plan or a direct one. A 529 college savings plan could potentially have an impact on federal student aid and this will depend on the situation. So that could also be a possible disadvantage. With an owner of a 529 college savings plan, such as a grandparent, distributions could be considered as untaxed student income. And this could potentially reduce student aid significantly. So this is something to keep in mind as well. There could be tax issues if a person contributes more to a beneficiary of a 529 plan that allowed for the year's gift tax as well. So there are some things you do need to keep in mind with 529 college savings plans. And the question comes up with the the positive and negative sides to 529 college savings plans. Should you start one of these? Now, the cost of higher education is likely not going to start decreasing anytime soon. The price for going to college does not have to be a lifetime burden of student loans with proper planning and an adequate investment time frame. The thing with 529 college savings plans that I can say is just like any other type of long-term investment, planning early can make the difference between having enough money for a goal and falling short. The issue with saving for college is so many people wait until the last minute to prepare. If you're a parent of a child and and you want to help pay for your child's education waiting, you know, if they're planning on going to college right after high school, waiting until their, their junior year of high school to prepare is probably not going to be very adequate and work out very well. A 529 college savings plan is, it's not right for everyone. However, it should be something to consider for just about anyone that has plans to go to college. Starting a plan will, it's going to depend on each individual's situation and goals. It can be easy to to put saving for education to the side, thinking scholarships or student aid will take care of things. And this may be the case in some instances, but it will rarely, those things are rarely going to pay for everything. There will be some expenses that likely are not going to be covered when it comes to to going to college. Saving for a college education, it doesn't have to be difficult. Just a little saved each month can make a big difference in, say, 10 or 15 years. 
maybe there won't be enough to in that 529 college savings plan to pay for four years of college, but there might be enough to pay for two years. And this could mean the difference of having a lifetime of student loans and just having a, a few years to pay some money back for going to college. Just to, to put this in perspective, if a person were to save, say, $100 a month in a 529 college savings plan for 15 years, that $100 per month invested for 15 years would be $18,000 with just an average 6% annual return. And with those earnings, it could bring the total saved to around $27,000. Now take this into comparison to, to student loans. So let's say a student takes out $25,000 in student loans, that would equal about $271 a month in loan payments for 10 years with an interest rate at just 5.5%. And if you take interest with that $25,000, this is going to cost that person around $32,000 to pay it back. Not saving for college because it might hurt financial aid eligibility really is not the answer. And this is a lot of times what people will say is, well, I don't want to open a 529 college savings plan because it's going to hurt eligibility for any type of financial aid. Although a 529 college savings plan can indeed affect financial aid eligibility, the truth is that most mid-income families have a challenging time qualifying for a lot of free aid. Figuring student aid has an expected family contribution, they call it an EFC, and there is a certain amount that is not subject to being included in, in calculating financial aid. For a family that has saved some money but not a large amount, the money saved in a 529 college savings plan may not even be included. A family's taxed and untaxed income, as well as their assets, are what is used to figure into that expected family contribution. The lower a score, the more aid that may be available on that expected family contribution. Basically, when you apply for financial aid, they're going to, to provide a, a score. The problem is when you do these financial aid eligibility, um, you fill this information out. It's not only the money that you saved when it comes to a child. It can also be dependent on how much the parents make. So if you're a mid-income to high-income family, whether you've saved or not, it may not affect the financial aid much. So that's just something to keep in mind. If a student does not qualify for much free aid, it likely, like I said, will not be just because there's a 529 plan. There, there's so many calculations that go into getting federal student aid and not saving something for college. It's not going to help when there's other factors that could hinder the outcome. I can remember when I was enrolled in school, paying my own expenses for tuition through through loans and working to pay rent and buy food. I did not qualify for financial aid and rent was something I could barely afford. I think I qualified, actually, no, come to think of it, I think I qualified for one or two semesters and then that was it. 
I was told at the time when I could no longer get any aid that I just made too much money and qualifying for full free aid is it's not likely in almost all situations. Something will have to be paid to to go to school. Now, I know in my situation at the time, and this was many years ago, probably just for expenses of food and rent and things like that, you're probably looking close to even probably today, you know, $20,000, $24,000 a year to get by. And at the time, I was making around 15000 and they told me you make too much money to qualify for any financial aid. So that was that. Now, another kind of fallacy here with school when it comes to money is full ride scholarships. And the truth is, there, there are lots of good scholarships available, but believing that a full ride one will be offered is, it's not likely for most people. They are scarce. Likely, if a student is is excellent in school or sports, a full tuition only or part tuition scholarship may be offered. And there still will be some expenses at that point. Now, there are some different sports that, that still do offer a lot of full ride scholarships depending on the, the you know, the student, but the excuse that school will be paid for by a scholarship or financial aid as the excuse to not save money for college. It's really not a a good one because this is not known until the commitment is in hand for a school to, to provide, whether it be tuition or also living quarters, you know, a full ride scholarship. You, You really just don't know until that commitment's in hand, which by then it could be too late to save. Applying for scholarships should also be, you know, a part of acquiring money to go to school, but these should not be completely depended on. You will not have to pay taxes and penalties on everything if a 529 plan is not used. Now, earlier, even though I said if that money in a 529 college savings plan is as one of the disadvantages, if it's not used, you'll pay taxes and a penalty. One of the misconceptions about 529 plans is if that money is used, all of it will be lost or all of it will be taxed and penalized. And this is, it's not the case. The full story here is the original contributions made to a 529 will not be penalized. So it's only the the earnings. So if you were to contribute, for example, $18,000 to a college 529 savings plan and it grew to $30,000, taxes and penalties are only going to apply to $12,000 if the account was closed out and not used for qualified educational expenses. So the original investment amount you put into these plans, you're not going to be taxed and penalized on. It's just the earnings. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering how do you find a good 529 college savings plan, just because a state has a 529 plan they offer does not necessarily mean you should invest in that one. When it comes to finding a good plan, I always say research, research, and then do some more research. Picking one will depend on a number of factors, including any state tax benefits, fees, and investment options. If the state you live in offers a 529 plan that has state tax benefits, 
consult with a tax professional to ensure you can benefit from investing in that plan. Not all states have an in-state tax, and this will not apply to everyone. Fees are a big part of any investment, including 529 plans. Perform plan comparisons and their fees. So just like any other type of investment, different plans, compare those fees. You know, websites such as savingforcollege.com, they have some great tools for making those comparisons. Direct 529 plans will often have lower fees also, you know, comparable to broker sold plans. However, a lot of plans have indexes that can be used to invest or age-based investment portfolios. And in my opinion, I personally prefer a direct 529 plan opposed to one broker sold. Broker plans may even have a sales charge in addition to higher fees. And high fees and sales commissions cut into those 529 returns over time. With education costs as high as they are, every penny that you save is probably going to need to count. And doing it directly as opposed to going to a broker, you're likely going to end up with more money. I previously put an article on my website on things to consider when looking for for mutual funds, if that's something you'd be interested in reading. It's at smartstartmoney.com. If you are more comfortable with broker sold 529 plans, there's nothing wrong with that. But you just need to be aware that it is important to know the costs might be higher. So now if you were listening to this podcast and you weren't really aware what 529 college savings plans are, and now you are, what is, I guess, what is the question, you know, should you start a 529 plan? And my view on saving money for college is that something is better than nothing. You know, if you have children and you want to help them with their, their college education, something's going to be better than nothing. According to collegesavings.org, the average 529 plan only has about $24,000. And this was as of, as of June 2018. And what this says is this is far from four years worth of tuition at most state universities, yet people are saving something with the college savings plan network claiming one third of Americans have a 529 college savings plan. And this is good news to see that people are planning. However, many are still not looking at the long-term picture. Student debt, you know, it seems to be getting worse as the expenses for education keep rising. Whether you're planning for a relative, yourself, or children to attend college, you really do need to to save if there's an intention on getting some type of higher education. Saving early and saving as often as possible, they're really the answer to at least try and limit the amount of student debt upon graduation. Not having student loans, it's obviously the the best, but having say $10,000 in debt is better than 30 or 40. Like I said, for, for people that have children, just start saving early. $100 a month or even 50 can go a long way at regular investment intervals of that same amount. And circumstances change and more money may be able to be put into a plan later or 
less may need to be contributed as well, but but not starting something should really not be a choice. Now you think about it because a lot of people these days, you know, it can be hard to to save money for a lot of families. But just think about this for a minute. If you are a family that say eats out two or three times a week, just cut back one of those nights each week. You know, if you're able to put fifty dollars a month into a plan and start early. This is really the the answer to saving some putting some money away for higher education. You know, that $50 or $100 a month as I said goes a long way. Now, a college degree does not automatically equal success and the problem as well is not everyone ends up graduating. Things in life happen. Saving for college in a 529 plan or even just saving early altogether it can make a world of difference by not having student loans or at least limiting the amount borrowed. Because the truth is here, not being in debt, it creates opportunity and choices. Graduating with no debt or very little gives a student the best chance for succeeding. This is why it's really important to to try to save. You know, as I explained, just to kind of recap here is the answer to, to saving money for higher education, it, it it's not to wait or it's not to figure that a full ride scholarship is definitely going to come along or school's just going to be paid for. Because in a lot of cases, in most cases, it's not. And even for people that do get aid or some type of scholarship, there's usually other expenses that come up and are involved. The problem today is student loans are they're becoming a much larger gamble with the, the prices of higher education. And if you're interested, I have another article on smartstartmoney.com on why student loans are a bad idea. And this is really why it's important to, to plan early for higher education. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, you can visit smartstartmoney.com and look for the contact page. I always like to hear from any listeners, so send me any of your comments or questions. Join me on the next podcast as I cover 25 questions to interview your potential financial advisor. If you've decided to work with a financial professional to help with your finances, this is a podcast you won't want to miss.